PK, did you hear the music? No. What the hell? <laughs> I know I did. You know what it was? I had quit sharing, remember? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm there a nightmare go. at this. You do not want me doing tech for anything. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> music. Mental Podcast is a show dedicated to individuals and mental health professionals, providing support, information, and some candid conversations along the way. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle, PK, and no Seth. No Seth. No Seth. <laughs> the music just keeps going, so I don't know if there's no way to segue. Oh, there we That's go. That's okay. That's okay. It fades out. It's, it's fading out. Okay. I phased it with the volume. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh. Welcome. Welcome to Mental. <sighs> we are Sethless today. <laughs> we are Sethless. So you're stuck with just PK and I today, but that's all right. Because we can handle it. We can, we can handle it. Yes. We're making every e effort to, you know, be... Oh my God. Technical and, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, share live on Facebook and get all the kinks worked out and Good God. Not, not have issues. And, and Michelle is riding the horse into the, into the sunset this evening. So, well, well, Seth, Seth gave me control on my computer, which sounds like a good thing for me, like to be in control, but really, I don't know what I'm doing. So. <laughs> He but just, it's okay because we're live now, so we can. We've done all the hard stuff, I think. He just put you on a rhinoceros and gave you a whip and said, "Here you go, <laughs> right off. Do it. Do what you're gonna do." Yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, we've already done all the hard stuff, so hopefully, <laughs> yes, hopefully we this, can make it. Yeah, at the end of this, all it is is I have to figure out how to turn off Facebook Live, which could be another whole exam, you know, extreme experience. But at the moment, we're okay. So. Either that or you're just going to see a cat walking back and forth on my desk for like the next 16 exactly. hours, right? Exactly, until Seth gets home. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, hello, welcome to Mental, where we're feeling just a tiny bit mental today. Yes, yes. But oh my goodness, we are here. And it's just the two of us. And, you know, we had started this whole discussion on change without knowing, of course, a lot of the events that were going to take place in the last few days. But it feels like it's a good part of the conversation to not necessarily talk about the politics of it all, because that's not the focus. The focus being, however, that change is a frightening thing. It's a difficult thing for a lot of people. And I think that's what we are seeing uh, with, a lot, with a lot of other stuff, too. But we're seeing problems with change um, and the fear of the unknown, I think. And so we thought maybe it might be a good idea to just talk about that and just more or less have an extended mental minute because it affected each one of us pretty, pretty strongly, I think. I Absolutely. I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, even for me, I was I was dumbfounded because I didn't know what was happening right yesterday. And I was out of sorts so badly. Um, you know, I think that people that are intuitive by nature don't even realize that they're picking up stuff that's going on 
And, you know, I'm not trying to get woo woo. I'm just saying that there are people that are intuiting that something's happening. And, you know, like, you know, you you have a, a family member get in a car accident and you realize, you know, you've got a bad feeling that morning that something's going wrong, you know. Right. So there are people that intuit that that some the atmosphere is just not quite right. And I was I was so out of sorts and I shut down everything, which is unlike me. And I'm tuning in trying to get my work done because I felt like I just couldn't connect. I couldn't get things done. And I felt really drained and really tired. And uh, and then all of a sudden, my phone just starts blowing up with everybody telling me I need to turn the news on. Right. Yeah, you know? it was pretty significant. Well, I think I had texted you we or messaged you. We were supposed to do this yesterday. And I had to message you and say, I can't. Like my anxiety levels were through the roof. And your reaction, as soon as you came on the screen, why? What's happened? I was like, oh boy, you have no idea. And you're about to open it all up and it's going to be a smack in the face. Because yeah. at least at least I was keeping track of it previous to that. And I had a little bit of a warm up as to what was happening. Um, but yeah, you just got it, you got it full in the face all at once. So I yeah. can understand why there was a good amount of anxiety along with that. But like you said, and you even said then, like, no wonder I've been feeling out of sorts all day. (laughs) Like, Yeah, I was shocked. I was genuinely shocked because I didn't I didn't realize um, what was happening. I I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, Uh, and then and then when you told me and I turned on the TV, I couldn't catch up because they had been showing everything for so long that they weren't showing what had happened. So. All I'm seeing is like pictures of people hanging out and I'm going, what happened? What happened? You know, (laughs) so when you're on the tail end of things and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, Um, but it wasn't it wasn't just that it was after that I started getting like phone calls with clients because I work in mental health and they're telling me. And they're wanting to talk about it. And I'm feeling so agitated and upset by it that I'm like trying to, you know, reset the conversation to what we need to get done because I don't want to talk about it at that point. I don't want to discuss it because I'm so upset by it that I don't, I don't want to process it with my clients, you know, at that point, you know, that's that's part of it. I think people forget that. I mean, mental health professionals are people too. They have the same emotions and same problems. And so you have to be able to absorb something and, and process it before you can help somebody else do that. Yeah, You know, so in the moment, but again, understanding those people's need for that, like, no, I need to, I need somebody to talk this through with because it was a scary situation. Yeah. Regardless of what you believe about it. And I know there's people that believe a lot of different things about it, but there was anxiety on both, on, on every avenue surrounding it. Well, for me, I think, I think 2020 was like, it was like a trauma washing machine for everybody. You know, I mean, we've, yeah. we've been traumatized over and over and over again with so many different things. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just COVID. It was, you know, just repeated abuses with COVID. And, and then, you know, uh, the conspiracy stuff and the, and the vaccine stuff. And, and there's still, uh, like in my, my County right now, um, elderly folks are wanting to get the vaccine and they're doing a lottery for it because they can't give out enough vaccines for them. And so I've got, you know, 
uh, people that want to get services, but they're terrified to leave their homes right. uh, without that vaccine and they can't get the vaccine. So, mm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that have been so traumatized with 2020. And so you got all these trauma responses. And then on top of that, oh my goodness, you know, now our democracy, the very foundation of our nation is being shaken, yeah. you know, on top of that, on top of the threat of you could die tomorrow, your loved one could die tomorrow, right. you, the person that's closest to you could die tomorrow, you know, on top of all of that is the threat of, well, your country could go to hell tomorrow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it all, it pretty much did. <laughs> and in all honesty, I mean, it was a pretty severe uh, experience, certainly unprecedented to that oh kind of goodness. level. Oh my goodness. You know, the last time that was the British that did that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. What was you, time- you saw people carrying Confederate flags and I saw somebody had posted that hasn't happened since 159 years ago. And I was like, it's, this is just unprecedented. I mean, it's funny, I, I saw somebody post this, and of course they meant it in jest. Good God, I hope it's not going to be true. But they were like, uh, this is like 2021 saying to 2020, hold my beer. You know, I've <laughs> let me show you what real pandemonium looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want that to be this year. And, I, and and so I think that, you know, that is one of the things that's weighing on a lot of people is we, you're right, we've come out of this year that has been so traumatic in so many different ways. Um, yes. Where we've, we've, had a lot of our freedoms curtailed because we want to protect people, mm-hmm. but that's been turned into something nefarious yeah. as opposed to let's just react to this. We're doing the best we can to react to this. And and so now you're followed up with, you know, a contentious election, you know, and every little process that goes along with that election being contended with and co- leading up till yesterday and, you know, I woke up knowing that that's what was going to go on yesterday um, as far as, you know, counting the electoral votes and that whole deal. And I had the, I had that foreboding feeling early oh, in the morning. I bet like, you did. I, I, I bet you just, did. You're, you're pretty in tune. So I bet you did. Yeah, I bet I you just, were picking that up. Oh, I got up. I went to the gym. I was trying to work out. And I, I couldn't concentrate. Nothing was working for me yesterday. And I just kept waiting because I knew it was at 12 o'clock Eastern. So I'm like, I'm just waiting. Let's see what's going to happen. And... um and, and, you know, then seeing what did, of course, that foreboding feeling made sense. It was, it was in the atmosphere already, what was going to happen. So it, it's not unusual for people to have, of course, trauma reactions like you've already discussed. Um, so if you're listening and you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with anger, um, you know, sadness, depression, anything, understand that you're probably dealing with a trauma reaction. Absolutely. Even if you're not consciously feeling like I'm traumatized by this, on some level, we are all affected by big events like that. And like I said, especially coming off of last year and the holidays and, you know, all the challenges that went into, you know, just trying to live your life. (laughs) Yeah. And now here we are watching our government, you know, really struggle. So, well, the, the big kicker is if you have an emotional reaction, if you have an emotional response, that's that's a key right there to yeah. to you know that red light that says this is a trauma response. Right. And you know I've seen a lot of flashbang going on on social media. That's it. I'm unfriending all yeah. of you. I will never talk to you people again, you know, <laughs> and and all of this other stuff, you know, and then you've got the other people that are head for the hills, buy toilet paper. It's yeah. over. <laughs> you know. Back to and, the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. And and 
you know, but again, you know, you've got all these different types of trauma responses. You've got the black and white thinking, the all or nothing, the, you know, ours and them and all that, you know, and we've got to pull that back, pull that back and, and realize this is a trauma response. You're responding to an emotional reaction is a, is a trauma response. It's you. (laughs) it's you that's that's getting off kilter and so um I have I have a private group and and uh I had to fight to keep that peace in there because people wanted to come in there and and bring that stuff in there and I said don't do that this is a safe place this Mm -hmm. is a a place where we need to talk about peace and safety and security and and hold that line because people need to feel safe right now. They need to feel secure. And we need to remind ourselves to ground ourselves, you know, to do those, those self care things, those uh, things that make us feel good, make us feel grounded, and not get caught up in the emotional, you know, roller coaster or the tornado of this mess. Right. You know, and it's hard. I, I mean, I caught myself yesterday. I mean, I'm a pretty opinionated person anyway. And I do have a nasty temper. Um, you know, and, and I did my normal stuff yesterday. I went to the gym last night and I was working out and I'm like, I'm going to work out heavy tonight because I just need some of this tension gone. I need to work through some of this. And I still catch, caught myself like checking social media, you know, in between sets and things like that. And at one point I just, I lost my temper and I posted something on my wall that was like, it had profanity in it. It was angry. It was, it's still there because I started to remove it, but there were so many people that had started responding that I felt bad removing it. And then I also decided that I was going to give myself some grace because that was my trauma response. Yeah. And and I was going to honor that. I decided I'm going to honor the fact that I'm allowed to have that as well yeah. as, as a person. And yeah, there were a lot of things said to a lot of people. I honestly, I, I did post at one point last night, uh, y'all are making it real easy to hit the unfriend button. And, and oh, in all okay. honesty, <laughs> in all honesty, I did hit the unfriend button about two or three times last night, but it was because of the crazy conspiracy crap. And I was like, that's it. I've given leeway for as long as I can. And for my own mental health, I can't take this anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I just said, that's it tonight. And but again, that was probably a trauma response, too, because had I been in a calmer frame of mind, I probably would have looked at it and said, "Okay, I'm just going to move past that, you know, and allow this person their time, whatever as well. But I couldn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) And then I couldn't sleep last night. So today hasn't been much better. I, I struggled. I struggled to sleep last night. I don't know how many people did, but I really had a hard time resting yeah. last night. And, and yesterday I was, I was cutting balloons. I, you know, if that's the right way to what say it, I was, I was, I was like, I was, I was cutting away things, you know, I was like throwing stuff out, you know, uh, of the basket. I was, I was trying to get anything off my plate that I could, uh, because I felt so overwhelmed all of a sudden, everything felt overwhelming to me. Everything felt, um, uh, just like just tremendous pressure. I just felt overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I felt overwhelmed with everything, you know? Um, it's really hard. I think when you have all these dreams and ambitions and plans and you have your future planned and, and for me with, uh, with, uh, PTSD, I have like, if I feel unsafe or I feel like somebody has taken control from me, um, then it just, it's so triggering because it feels like it, it's, uh, trying to hijack my future. Right. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, how dare you take my future from me and blow up the country and cause, I mean, there was a man that was wearing a t-shirt that said civil war. I know. I don't understand you, it either. You know, and, and I was sitting there going, how dare you, how dare you take the peace and, and, and safety and security that I love about this country that I adore about, you know, I want to go see Mount Rushmore. I want to go to, you know, these different places with my wife and travel in an RV. And I've got a two year plan and I don't want to have lines drawn and barricades and barbed wire and people with guns. I don't want to see that happen to this nation, this beautiful country. I don't, I want COVID to go away so that I can travel and I can do these things. And, and when you see those images of people that are all for war and not for peace, it, it's very uh, disturbing and unsettling. And, and so for me, I just felt like, well, to hell with it. Just, just throw this out, throw that out. <laughs> you know, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Just take this out of the basket. I just need just this, just right. this. This is all I can handle today. <laughs> all right. So you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember, I forget the name of the movie. It's an old Steve Martin movie. What is it? He, he, he's, he gets rich, he creates something and he gets rich and then he loses everything. And as he's walking out, he's like, I don't need anything. I don't need anybody except this chair. And he grabs this chair and he's hauling it along with him. And then he goes, and, and maybe this glass. And by the time he gets to the door, he's like, got all these things. So it kind of, yes. you know, it kind of reminds me of that. Like, I don't need the any of this stuff tree. except that, <laughs> you know, yes. but that's what we do because it's self-preservation. It's, yeah. We are trying to to protect ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically. I mean, that's a human, that is a basic human response. And there's no denying that the events over the last year, and certainly yesterday for sure, were incredibly difficult and acted in such a way as to threaten our lives, our way of lives. So that is a normal response, even though it's a trauma response. It's a normal response. And yeah. I think that we spend a lot of time chastising ourselves for reacting how we perceive negatively when in reality we're just reacting humanly, you know. That's a good way to say it. It's a very it's, good way to say it. Because there's so many people out there that are hurting right now for lots of different reasons. And a lot of them are choosing to double down on what they think. They're choosing to hold their ground, so to speak. This is what I know my truth to be. And I think part of that, you know, that that's cognitive dissonance. But the reasoning for that is that fear of what, what if I'm wrong? What if this changes everything? What if life is different now? And I, and I can't face that. Yeah. And under normal circumstances, change is usually a frightening thing for most people. But certainly under extraordinary circumstances, it becomes almost a, a, a lethal threat. Yeah. You know, I mean, we saw that yesterday. People died yesterday. Yes, they did. And that's hard yes, to reconcile in my mind. Well, you know? I mean, it was hard for me. It was hard for me to see people celebrating that people died yes. yesterday. Yes, I agree. That, that was uh, very distasteful. I don't yeah. I don't care. You, you know, for people to say you got what you got, you know, yeah. I, I, I can never celebrate death. You know, no. uh, I, I that's a life wasted to me. And it's I sad. Agree. Yeah. It's a travesty. Um, but I, you know, we were just dealing with the normal difficulty of COVID. Right. Um, I mean, we had the highest, 
Oh my God. I don't even know what the, what the tally was today in Florida, but it was the highest we have had so mm-hmm. far. It was like, it was, I think like 19,000 cases it's craziness today, you know? So we do this thing like every year, my wife and I, which is in celebration of us getting this RV, right? Mm-hmm. We go to the, the Florida RV show. It's the biggest RV show in the state, right? And we go there and there's hundreds of RVs and there's like all these places that serve like, uh, you know, carnival food, you know, and mm-hmm. you walk and you go in and out of all these RVs and look at them. And, and uh, um, this year we can't go be- because we know that probably 50% of the people that are going are are not going to protect themselves. Right. And uh, the RVs are just going to be little Petri dishes. No, that's a good point too. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, yeah. Because you got people coming in and out yeah. and in and out and touching, touching everything. And touching yes. and touching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so you know, uh, my wife has been vaccinated, but I haven't, and I've been at home all the time. And um, so you know, for for my safety and you know, she just doesn't want us to go. Right. So I've been dealing with the disappointment of that with COVID. You know, yeah. And yeah. and I think I think a lot of people are dealing with that just in the normal life. And it's it's almost like, Michelle, like, you've just got so much on your plate. This is the last straw kind of thing. That's Mm kind of how yesterday felt. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I I think if one person had said the wrong thing to me last night, it could have been a physical altercation. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I'm already in the gym. I'm all hopped up on, you know, dopamine and everything else, you know, body chemistry is working. And then you have all this on top of it. And yeah, I actually walked away from a few conversations last night. I have a few friends in the gym and, and, uh, we don't agree on a lot of things, which I'm okay with. They're allowed to think however they want. I, I still love them. I'm, they're my friends. Um, but yeah. as they started talking about all this last night, I was like, I got to walk away. I got to walk away. I, I can't have this conversation with you. I started to, I started, I went, well, well hold on a minute. And then I went, no, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> Let me just yep. go over here. I got more yep. to do anyway. So, and I just uh. removed myself from that situation. And I'm thankful that I had the, the ability to find that rational thought in that moment you yeah. know, cause any, on any given day, I might not. So yeah, I mean, that was, that was wise of you. That was wise of you. Yeah. I, it was I like, mean, it was like somebody a- reached down and went, no, 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 no. Go that way. Go, go, go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no yep. talking right now. <laughs> so did you feel that tension even in your household? Uh, no, not so much. Um, my son kept a pretty good handle on keeping up with what was happening yesterday. I don't believe my daughter-in-law did. Um, my husband has removed himself from social media about two months ago. So he was not seeing any of that. He was hearing what I was saying. Wow. Um, and, and that has been a source of friction in the past because we don't necessarily agree politically. Um, well, we actually don't agree politically. (laughs) There's no, not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so there has been friction in the past over that, but, um, you know, with everything that was going on, he, he was actually like, I can't believe this is happening. I cannot, you know, he was, he was saying the same things like, this isn't, this isn't right. You know, this is, this should never have devolved to this point. And, um, so no, not as much friction in my household. It was just when I left the house and I was only out, I was at the gym for a couple hours. And then, so I only had that few hours where I might've been involved in some kind of conversation that might've been triggering for lack of a better word. But, um, for the most part, 
it was uh, it was me trying to discipline myself enough to stay off social media, and I just wasn't capable of it yesterday. <laughs> I just had this need to what is happening? Yeah, you know, what are people saying? And that's not necessarily the the healthiest thing for us. Yeah, I did enough to get a gist of what had occurred. Mm -hmm. And then I had to pull back because I I recognized that um, I wasn't okay. And so uh, and then I reached out to help others. And, and, you know, I did a, a live video feed myself just to encourage others, hey, you know, ground yourselves, get outside, uh, you know, do something for yourself, self-care, self-care, right. self-care, right. take a bath, read a book, you know, just just do something that invests in you and pull away. Don't yeah. don't get involved in the in the turmoil. So um, like, for me, I am I am concerned about things like moving forward when it comes to when it comes to change. I yeah. am I want to be filled with hope, but I'm I I confess I'm filled with caution, cautionary yeah. hope. <laughs> Put it that way. That's a thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, because I, I am hopeful that they will put safeguards in to make sure that, you know, the rest of these processes that are happening in the next, you know, uh, so many days yeah, are, yeah. are protected and the people involved are protected, you know, yeah. uh, cause I don't want people to be afraid and, um, well, I, I just, think, I think I mentioned it to you, I think maybe to you and Seth yesterday, if not, I, I may be wrong, but um, that I, I did have a very strong feeling and fear about some upcoming events like inauguration and all that. I've, I felt like this doesn't, maybe for the first time ever we, or, you know, in recent history, we shouldn't have this as a big public spectacle. Maybe it should just be more circumspect, you know, because that it's really, we've turned it into such a pageant and it really isn't that it's just a transfer of political power and we right. should we should just tone that down, bring it down Take away to the just pop the people. And yes, yep. just put the people in the room that are required to be there to make this happen, yep. and move on because yep. the perpe- the the chance of something negative happening again feels greatly increased to me right now. Yeah, and you're right. Like you just said that you hope you're they're putting things in place. I hope so too. I thought that they should have had some foresight about yesterday. You yeah, know? you would you would think you would think. It, it seemed like a no brainer to me. Like, I don't know, maybe they just need to come find us everyday people to give them some ideas. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to talk does to it the occur cop. to you that you should increase the police presence? I don't know, barricade yeah. off further down the street, something, yeah. you know, um, but it, don't it, you, it, it don't you think there, don't you think there are a lot of people that are in shock over the fact yes. that this was able to occur without any show of force? Yes. Uh, on the resistance side. Yes. Like had this had had this have been, you know, another population, let's say, it may have been totally different. That's what that's what kind of like shocked me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say it, you know. I I think that uh uh just to see people crawling through windows and stuff and and I I just oh my goodness. Maybe maybe it just took them by such surprise that they did not show the level of force that they needed to, to stop it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were in, as much in shock and awe as the rest of us were watching it. Possibly. You know? Yeah. I, I or, don't. Let, let's be honest. Maybe they commiserated. I mean, 
we, we're talking about a lot of different people here and all of them are going to have different viewpoints, different ideas, different ways of handling things, even though there's procedure in place for, you know, belonging to a certain, you know, organization, police or force or whatever it is, capital police, city police, that you're still talking about individuals, yeah. you know? And, and so, yeah, I don't know because I saw quite a few videos in which it didn't appear as though they were reacting. Like if they were reacting, like you had said, they looked like they were like in shock like, wait a minute, how in the hell is this happening? You know, and, and to be honest, I mean, again, we're talking about something that has not happened in recent history to that level, not on our, our government memory. buildings, not on our government buildings like that. Right. You know, we may see businesses or whatever, you know, during protests or whatever. And I'm not negating how serious that is. But I am saying when you're talking about people's peace of mind as it pertains to where they live your government buildings are kind of iconic and to see people climbing through the windows and breaking things and you know tearing things down could i could <sighs> i just could i just throw a stark contrast in here sure of thinking about 9-11 and the people on that passenger plane that yes. gave their lives to protect that building that very building gave their lives mm -hmm. in honorable service heroes to stop anybody from touching that building right you know what a stark contrast to yeah. those that did not care about defaming or or disrespecting that and building destroying and and what it stands for and the yeah. people that were in there doing uh the people's work right well, and that was, that was a sobering thought to me was thinking about, and I, I literally, I was emoting this last night and talking to my husband and, and I wasn't really talking. I was kind of rambling and, you know, upset. And I said, I can't get this picture out of my mind of our elected officials hiding in a room, fearing yes. for their lives. I can't, I yes. can't, that doesn't happen here. Right. Where the hell are we? Because that doesn't happen here. And, and that was deeply disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, and, and now today, of course, there's been a couple different stories have come out of different representatives that were in the room saying, I thought I was going to die. Uh, several that had texted their families that they loved them because they had no idea what was going to happen. And on some level, it, it sounds very dramatic, but it wasn't because that was the reality of the situation. They didn't know what was going to happen. They had no idea. And, um, and you don't know what those, what those people were shouting or saying right, when they were coming right. in there, you know? Yeah. Um, and those words had to have been very scary coming out of those mouths that were coming through those doors. You well, know, you know, I think that they all probably had a pretty good foreknowledge that, yes, there'll be protests. There'll be, you know, loud voices. There may be even some violence outside. I don't think any of them ever thought that, that violence would find its way into the building, and interrupt the procedures there. Yeah. But to hear somebody come in and if they were making death threats or anything like that, that had to have been terrifying. I would imagine. Terrifying yeah. I mean, it would be for people. anybody. It would yeah, be. Um, absolutely. The other thing that struck me, and, and I had not considered this, but um, my mother commented on one of my social media posts last night. And she said, I can't believe what I'm watching. And I said, I know I'm having a hard time with it as well. And she said, she said, I've been watching the reactions of world leaders around the world and their statements. And she said, it brought me to tears to think of what yes. we look like to other countries. We're supposed to be this bastion of freedom, this city on a hill, this, you know, the example. And yeah. here we had devolved into this kind of activity, um, you know, to the point where the voices 
of the people who voted are being told they're wrong and and not valid. This is that that's that's powerful. That's a powerful statement. I mean, that's what they were basically saying. Yeah. Um, and and again, I I don't like to get too political, but the idea that you know every state could be so in fault as to have a fraudulent election is just that's out there thinking. I, I I don't know how you come to that conclusion. And, and so it's, it's frustrating to me, especially as it pertains to people I've known for a long time and hearing certain things come out of their mouth. And I'm like, what in the how hell has happened? That? Yeah. How what, can you believe that? Can we just have a rational yeah. conversation? Can we just discuss it? But there's rationality has gone out the window. <laughs> And, and that's, well, that's a is, terrible this frustration. Is one, this is one of the things that, that I communicated to someone today. I was having a conversation uh, with uh, a client today. And I said, um, because they were talking about this and they needed to talk about it. And yeah. I said, uh, you are right. There was a time when, as a child, I had a great deal of national pride. Right a great deal of national pride. And at this point in time, I am embarrassed for our nation in the world's eyes. Yeah. And I never thought I would see that. I served my country. I stood there and gave oath to the flag. Exactly. And I never thought I would be embarrassed for our country in the world's eyes like I am today and embarrassed for the state that we have fallen into. You know, it's, it's sad. And, uh, uh, it's, it's not just that it's that there's so many people that are celebrating that and granted, I know that we have issues and I know that we have frustrations and I know that we have a lot of things that are broken that need fixing, but let us fix those humanely Yes. Let us fix those soundly. Let us fix those in a good way. Let us not fix those through revolution. You know, I would rather see us fix those in a better way than through violence. Yeah, I agree. That was one of the things that struck me uh, listening to the different conversations last night. I live in an area where there's a lot of um, active military and former military. And I'm, of course, former military as well. And seeing and hearing people say, well, veterans won't put up with this. They'll just start shooting. And I was like, I'm a veteran. I wouldn't act that way. Why, why do you assume that that's true of all veterans? Why, why is that okay with you that your veterans would do something like that? You're, you're okay with that? You're comfortable with that? And, and, you know, this even goes back several years ago, of course, you know, when there was the whole taking a knee problem and the national anthem and all that. And, and the conversations I had then is as a veteran, I was supposed to be outraged by that. And I said, no, as a veteran, I celebrate that. And do you know why? Because I swore an oath to the constitution that defends the rights of that person yes. to do so. Yes, yes. And just because I it. don't agree with it, I would never light a flag on fire, but just because I wouldn't doesn't mean I get to speak for somebody else. And there the you fact, go. the fact that they're using the Liberty. rights, exactly the 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 because they're using the rights that are afforded to them, that to me shows respect for the military, for the for the challenges, and for the you know for the um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, um, giving up of themselves, you know, putting other people's lives in front of theirs, or giving their lives in service to sacrifice. their country. Yes. yes, that speaks to that sacrifice to me. It, it makes it respected. 
that you thought so highly of that respect of that service that you are using those rights that you're afforded. Yes. You know, so I'm listening to these conversations last night about how, how veterans would act. And I'm like, that's not true. That's just not true. It might be no. how you would act as a veteran, but I would be disturbed by that. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't ever group humanity into one, no. one ball of dough. You can't, no. you know, regardless of affiliation, you, you just can't. It's, right. it's not realistic, you know, and you can't find solidarity in every camp, no. you know, just because you're ex-military doesn't mean you're all going to think alike. No, uh, not even close. Well, yeah. I mean, purely from aesthetics alone. I mean, I was in the Marine Corps. We don't really respect any other. Sh- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. Hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a running joke in our house. My Both my parents were in the Army. My husband and his family, they were in the Army. Uh, his brother um, was Army and National Guard. So there's always this running, comp- you know, competitive thing about which service, you know, is better and you know, there's yeah. always the jokes. So that was my joke. I'm sorry. It was in poor taste. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Trying to add okay. some levity. <laughs> we have jarhead jokes too. <laughs> exactly. I know you do. <laughs> and I'm good with them. I laugh at most of them. So. <laughs> oh but, my goodness. So as, well, it, go- as it pertains to change. Yes. How do, how do we move forward? How, what is your thoughts on that? How do we move forward collectively? How do you move forward personally? Well, for me personally, um, I, you know, I always pull back to doing my civic duty, you know, uh, when it comes to that, I am civically responsible, you know, to vote and to do those things civically to move things forward. Um, and personally, I always practice self-care and, you know, if you need, if you need therapy, go get therapy. Oh my goodness. I think <laughs> everybody, sh- everybody should have therapy. Everybody should have therapy. And if you think that therapy is a bad thing or you should never go see a therapist, you need a therapist even yes. more than most people. You need a therapist. Um, so uh, because that helps you to process, it helps, it teaches you coping skills. It teaches you how to live and how to process things. And therapists nowadays are not Joe Schmo that lays you down on a couch and says, right. start, at, start at the beginning, tell me about <laughs> when you were six years old. Yeah. Um, so I think that self-care and learning how to live and be a mentally healthy human being is important. And to recognize when you are being triggered, it's yeah. not them, it's you. Right. Um, so uh, when you are hoarding when you are saving up for the zombie apocalypse when you are <laughs> convinced that everything's going to hell in a handbasket when you are stockpiling guns toilet paper matches and ammo you are in trouble um when you are uh doing those types of things you know we have to have hope guys we have to have hope for the future and if all we see in the future is everything going to hell, where is our hope at? Yeah. What are you what are you living for? Are you hoping the world is going to go to hell so that you can just shoot up everybody? I mean, what kind of a demented <laughs> focus is that in life? So uh, let's have a little positivity and actually plan for a good future. And if it does fall apart... Okay, you know, if you've got your dad's M60 in the back room, that's all right. You know, I mean, we can we can hang, we can deal with that, you know, but don't go overboard and have a whole like stockpile arsenal there, you know, that's not, it's not balanced. 
it's not balanced at all. So I think you have to make sure that your thinking is balanced and that you uh, take care of yourself and make sure that you are healthy mentally, physically, all the way around because you are a whole person and you should pay attention to that. Does that help? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that one of the best things we can do and it, and it's so hard to remember in the moment is, is when you are feeling that anxiety or that emotion, you know, is to stop and, and, and to evaluate that. Yeah. Just, (laughs) yeah. Disengage from the emotion and and evaluate objectively, which is a very tough thing to do um, and say, okay, let me, let me evaluate what I'm seeing. Let me do take, not post. Right. <laughs> do not post. Um, but no, let me take myself and my fears out of this equation and just look at the situation and say, does this make sense? Does yeah. the fear of this make sense? Or is it just my own fear that's getting in the way of the change? Because that's most yes. often the case. There you go. What horse are you riding on? Are you riding on peace? Or are you riding on fear? What, yes. you know? Right. Look at your horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? I was thinking about something a minute ago when you were talking about, you know, do you want the world to end? Do you want it? I was thinking back about our Christian tradition because that is absolutely we were what some it. people were hoping for because that meant that, God, that Christ was returning. So that's what another thing that kind of confused me when all of this is taking place. I'm thinking a lot of the people that are, are struggling with this change that's about to happen in, in our presidency are concerned about evil overtaking the world. And I'm like, but isn't that what's supposed to happen in your faith tradition before Christ returns? Why are you fighting it then? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Well, there's a lot of people that, you know, they want to push that because then they will right. be raptured and they can avoid death. Right. And, 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 you know, I mean, there's a fear of death. And, yeah. and you know, that happened back in, uh, you know, when we crossed over 2000, because Y2K and all oh, that, yeah. they, were, they were convinced that the world was going to end, and it was going to, you know, cause the rapture. And so the old people in our church were just like, bring it, man, we've got all the goods down in the <laughs> yes. cellar, and we're ready to go. Come Lord Jesus, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and the young people were going, I've never had sex. Please don't come, Jesus. I, I not just, yet, not please. yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, the kids were terrified because they're like, we haven't lived. Yes. Don't do this, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's all, it's all a matter of perspective. What is your perspective? You know, why do you want this to happen? You know, you know think about what is your perspective of the future? You know, what are you looking for and what are you going to get out of it and, and kind of reevaluate? I think that's important. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you brought that up because it really kind of points out how cyclical this kind of stuff is. You're talking about Y2K and of course the fear there. And I will admit I was one of those people. I had water stored. I had food store. I had all of it because oh, wow. I was terrified. I didn't know. My church was preaching. This is the end times. I, you know, I was like, I had been raised in that belief system and of course, there was all this fear around this change in time, basically. And that's what change. it came down to. It was a change in time. And we were uncertain. And so fear gets, you know, gets bred in that kind of environment. And, um, and of course, everything was fine. Well, you, you continue to see this over and over. I mean, think about when 9-11 happened. You know, we, it was a horribly uncertain time. People were very, very frightened once again. Uh, it was changing a lot of our relationships around the world. And you ended up with people that said some pretty horrible things. And of course, we went into other countries and people died. You know, it, it was a lot. It was all around this fear of things that, that are changing. And so now here we are again at the cusp of yes. another change. 
And I literally have, in the last few days, have seen multiple, multiple conversations that included ideas that our guns are all now going to be taken away from us. We're going to be a communist country now, all because somebody else got elected. Yes. Somebody, by the way, who's already been elected previously and none of that stuff happened. So that's what I'm saying. So we're on the cusp of this change that is now breeding another irrational response. Instead of saying, hold on. Fear-based. Yes. Let's think logically. We still have a voice here. Nobody has taken that away. You know, yes, maybe you don't agree with who's been elected, but that doesn't mean that you are helpless. Right. You know, and so, again, you're watching this cycle take place. And, of course, my friends that are all into the mimetic theory are, we're already talking yesterday about the scapegoat mechanism and the people that are filling that role. And I'm like, this all just continues comes around and around well this this was fascinating because the the kids uh i was uh uh pastoring back then in in 2000 Mm -hmm. uh in 1999 Mm -hmm. and the kids came to me and they said how do we deal with this how do we deal with this how do we how do we you know what do we do you know because this is wrecking us you know thinking about the fact that our lives are going to end you know, how do I it's get out of bed? And how do I get out of bed in the morning? Because my life is going to end. What's the point? You know, and I said to them, just live, just mm-hmm. live. And, and if that happens, okay, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't happen, then you've built a life, right? You know, uh, because they were so caught up in that mess that they couldn't extricate themselves from it. They were so enmeshed in that fear that they couldn't pull away from it. So I started teaching them how to just live and plan their lives anyway. And then if the rapture happened or if some cataclysmic event happened or if the capital falls and the United States of America becomes a civil war and all that stuff, just live, mm-hmm. plan your life. And if things happen, we will make it because human beings are resilient. They are amazing. They are incredible. And we have this in, um, innate nature that loves to help people. And you see it every time. And it's funny because you've come on the, on the East Coast now where there's snow and everything. Yeah. Every time <laughs> snow falls and it falls in, in ginormous amounts, you know, and everybody feels like they've got to run out and get bread, milk and eggs, right. you know. And, and you see people going off the sides of the road. That's when the guys come out in the trucks and the chains and they're pulling people out. There's just this innate, beautiful human nature that says, I've got to help. Yeah. And, and that's what I believe in. Is that that part of us, that part of you and I, you know, um, that mental crew, you know, we will rise up and and we'll do the right thing and we'll help one another and we'll work together and we'll make it through this shit, regardless of what it is. We will make it through. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the things I had to think about last night. You know, when I got back home, I, I realized with all the uncertainty of the day and the fear that was out there and the upheaval and everything. My life functioned yesterday pretty much the same way it always does. There was no change for me other than my own feelings. Yes. And and that that should tell us something like, well, and of course, this is more of a conversation geared towards fear than change, but fear is always a biggest our biggest motivator. It's also our biggest adversary. 
you know, and, and it's so funny how it works in, in, you know, against one another like that, because it, it's what helps us move. But at the same time, it, it also freezes us in place. Yes. And so we have to think logically about these things. And that's what I'm saying. So when everybody looks at their lives yesterday, I would say outside of our, our nation's capital, very few people's lives were interrupted by what transpired yesterday. What interrupted them was what was going on in their own mind. In their and, hearts. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's more concerning. Um, but if we had the ability, like I said, to step back and evaluate that in the moment, we would see my life is still okay right now. And like you yes. said, just live. Yes. We'll deal with it. Don't borrow trouble. I know my grandmother used to say, don't borrow trouble. You I know? like that. You you don't. don't you don't borrow it. You deal with the moment as it comes. You know, you roll with the punches, so to speak. And so you know, unfortunately, because we allow so much to happen in our heads and we get inside of our own thoughts and what ifs, you know, now we're in a place where that change is scary and now we're dealing with fear once again and we can't see rationally. And I really believe that's what's going on with a lot of people is there's just an inability to think rationally because they're operating they're operating from fear and uncertainty. Yes. And nobody likes uncertainty. Right. And, and trauma response. When, yes. you're, when you're operating in trauma response and you're in survival mode, you get in black and white thinking yep. and you cannot rationalize because, you know, and, and I always use the Bigfoot analogy uh, with clients. I say, look, you're out in the woods <laughs> and you turn to your left and Bigfoot is right there. His stink and everything. Oh gosh. Your your, your face <laughs> is in Bigfoot's hairy chest and your brain and your brain goes, run run (laughs) (laughs) your brain is not going oh smell the beautiful pine oh feel the breeze on your face oh you're gonna have to remember that mountain and that waterfall off to the left let's file that away and remember that for the next 30 years it's not going to do any of that it's going to go get the hell out of here right now right now right now right and so everything shuts down everything but that trauma response and says run run, run, run. And so when it does, it excludes everything else but a singular thing. It's that momentum, self-preservation. Absolutely. And self-preservation says, shut down, get away, protect yourself, make sure you're safe, make sure you're alive. And then when you're alive, you can peek your head back out and look for the birdies and the mountains and all that and and (laughs) refriend all your friends on Facebook that you told to go to hell. Um, Yes. I will say I didn't do that. I, I never announce I'm unfriending. I never do. I just quietly unfriend and move on. I, I don't do that. <laughs> Thankfully, because then I don't have to pull my foot out of my mouth later, you know, but yeah, yeah. I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. I yeah. I mean, we've all done it. We've all done it. I've gotten exacerbated with people before and just had a knee jerk reaction and unfriended somebody and then, you know, felt bad later and said, should I have done it? And then I justified myself and said I should have done it and then <laughs> and then I felt bad and then I you know I wrestled with it and you know uh it just it's it's hard because when you respond that way uh sometimes later on you feel bad yeah because because you realize I reacted right I wasn't thinking I was reacting right and and that is trauma response so I well, hope don't they that- don't they also call that like lizard brain 
Like, yes, that's your lizard absolutely. brain. It's that because, immediate response thing. Because yeah. that's what the amygdala does. It takes over the entire brain. So the, co- the higher cognitive functions shut down because the amygdala just rips itself out and grows legs and goes, out of here. Let's go. Let's go. Run, run. <laughs> Such and an apt just, description. <laughs> yes, it's great. So it just takes off and, and just leaves everything else behind. And, and yeah. uh, you know, the cognitive brain is going, what <laughs> happened here? You know, and, and, and then people that are traumatized, they wonder why they can't remember anything. They, right. they say, I've got CRS syndrome and, and, you know, can't remember stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's because they've been traumatized so often that their uh, their short term memory is affected. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, that's a frightening that's... thought, in all honesty. I mean, to be yeah. so traumatized all the time that you don't have memory of the actual event that triggered your trauma. I mean, <laughs> that's it is. It is. But I think after time and, and multiple woundings, uh, your brain becomes conditioned to yeah. just get in survival mode and it gets so dysregulated that it starts functioning that way all the time. Right. And, and it's a travesty because when you're that dysregulated, um, you know, you're not whole and yeah. you're, in, you're in survival mode all the time and it's just not a healthy way to live. And that's why therapy is so helpful because it can help you to reintegrate those two things and get right. them to work together. So I can't, you know, say that enough about that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I There's another thing I saw the other day, or as I heard, I was listening to Brene Brown the other day, um, and she was talking about a trauma response when you're in shame or whatever. And she was saying somebody had taught her like to pinch herself and be like, pain, 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 to bring herself out of that response, like just respond. Like it forced her to focus on that pain for a second. And then she was like, okay, now hold on, I can think again, you know, instead of just reacting. And, yeah. and I, I don't know that I have the ability to think to do that in the moment. <laughs> they used to do that with those rubber bands. They used yeah. to tell people to like, wear like, the rubber bands and snap <laughs> them on their wrists. And, you know, I mean, uh, now a big one is to hold the ice. That was, that's that big one is to oh, hold ice. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. To hold an ice cube. That's a, that's a really big one to help, uh, pull you out of a trauma response. Yeah. And, hmm. uh, you know, dysregulation. That's actually really, I had not considered that, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yep. I'll have to remember that in the future. <laughs> Carry around a hand. bucket of ice. <laughs> <laughs> Go stick your hand in the freezer. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm better now. <laughs> or, you know, here, just walk outside in the morning and put my hand on my windshield. That'll do it. So <laughs> there you go. Well, just make sure it doesn't stick. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a funny story. Yes. Because this has been a heavy subject, but I'm going to tell you a funny story. This actually happened to me yesterday. I get up in the morning, of course, to go to the gym and often my windshield is frozen over because it's cold. And of course I'm not used to that, but I've gotten to where I keep a bottle of cold water in my car so that I can pour it over the windshield to help get rid of it. So I did that yesterday. I had the car running. I poured the cold water over it. It gets rid of the ice, but it's so cold outside that it immediately starts icing back up. Freezing. Yeah. Shit. So I'm like, so I got to let the defroster run more. Then I'm like, I have this epiphany. I bet if I turn on the windshield wipers and then poured water on there, (laughs) it would get rid of the water and it would not, it would not freeze. So I open my car door up. I turn on my windshield wipers. And while I'm standing next to the car, I look around like so. 
and pour the water on the windshield. <laughs> At which point the windshield wipers go whoosh. And about a half a bottle of ice cold water hit me full on in the face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wake up, Michelle. Wake I'm up. I'm standing there. The whole front of me is soaking wet. My face is dripping. I've got icicles forming on my eyebrows. <laughs> and all I can do is stand there and laugh. I couldn't even yell. It was so cold. I was like, I lost my breath. I was like, <gasps> and oh then I just started goodness. laughing. And I'm like, thank God it's 630 in the morning and nobody has seen me do this. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, so that's my funny, you're an idiot story. To <laughs> that's that's your mental minute at the end of our, exactly. our time today. Yeah. That's and hopefully awesome. it adds some levity back to this, to the very serious conversation because yeah. it has been a very trying few days. So yeah, we got we to find, find the positives where we can. <laughs> This is this has been good though. I, I think yeah. it's been good. I mean, it's been edifying for me anyway. I feel better. I think better. it's cathartic. It's it's cathartic to actually go ahead and say those things that are on your heart. What's bothering you? What scares you? What troubles you? Um, because as long as it lives in our head, it's bigger than it really is, you know. But as soon as we bring it out into the open, it we tend to be able to deal with it a little bit better. So, which is again another plug for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> So true. So true. All right. Well, I think we're wrapping up, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been fabulous. Yes. It's always a pleasure to sit and chat and especially when it's about things that really affect even us. I mean, you know, we talk about mental health providers, but we are just as susceptible to anything that anybody else is. And maybe, maybe on some level, even more so because we understand the, the seriousness of it. So we catch ourselves in those moments and go, oh, God, I'm really struggling. (laughs) I got to do something about this. So but anyway, you want to take us out? How do we how do we wrap up? What do we need to Uh, tell them? You can tell them where they can find us. Um, You've got that spiel in your head. I don't. I I actually don't. I wish you rely on Seth for that. You always rely on Seth. Oh, my God. I do. Okay. See, Seth, Seth does all the technical and he remembers all this stuff at the end. But, well, if you have joined us today, thank you so much for joining us and talking about change, fear, all the things that are going on in our world right now. If you're interested in more episodes of Mental, you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Podbean, Red Circle. Uh, we have a Patreon as well at patreon.com slash mentalpodcast. You're certainly... Uh, able to find us there and if you would so like you may support us there and then you are entitled to bonus material so yep and we do have a hotline which is 314-690-5005 you can ask any mental health questions you can suggest topics for the show or seek feedback on any issues if you want to talk about change or uh, discuss anything that we've talked uh, about on the show today. Yes. And we also, just one last thing, have a Facebook group. You're free to join in that Facebook group and do the same things there. Comments, suggestions, questions, whatever your little hearts desire. I know. I got to figure There, I got it. Now you got to figure out how to shut up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>